Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. National Signing Day 2.0, and we've got it for you here on the FizzCast. Tyler Aki alongside J.D. Rauchy. Now, J.D., I don't know if this has the same ring to it as our previous National Signing Day coverage, but a, a much tamer day for the Orange today than the one that we saw in late December. And, I mean, this is just... Uh, it doesn't have the same flair it once used to. Well, yeah, I think when you see 16 guys commit in December and then... Only three commit and sign today. It's just, it's not quite the same. There's not so much uh, hype surrounding it. I mean, there were still a couple of interesting things that happened in and around the Syracuse football program today, but it certainly doesn't have the same hype, the same drama, the same kind of buildup that it used to. You're listening to the FizzCast. Be sure to find us everywhere on social media, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Orange Fizz, also on the iTunes Podcast Center, or wherever you get your podcasts, Orange Fizz. You can get all the latest Fizz Radio episodes as well as Orange Fizz Podcast. Now, let's just get into the top story of the day. I don't think there's much of a debate here. It's actually a guy who didn't sign, Michael Salahuddin, spurns the orange at the table in about as excruciatingly painful fashion as possible. So he's picking between Syracuse and Pitt, and he's got the the two hats on the table. He's also wearing a USC sweatshirt, which is the school he decommitted from. But I know you and I have very differing opinions on how this all went down. I personally don't care. Let the kid have his moment. You uh, <laughs> Okay, so at first when this happened, I was maybe a little irrationally upset at what had happened because that was well, probably my house this is how that was I, probably because i got fooled by it yeah because we we're, we're talking in our in the orange fizz group me and i think it was you was me, it you me that said and drew carter salahuddin to the orange yes drew carter and i were both watching the live video of salahuddin committing and i see salahuddin reach for the Syracuse sat and put it on, and I immediately get off the live video into the group chat, Salahuddin DeCuse. And then Drew Carter goes, wrong. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because I was surprised when I saw that. Yeah, I, I really thought he was going to pit. Every, all the signs pointed toward pit. And then all of a sudden, I go, I go back onto Twitter, and I go back onto the live video, and this kid is wearing a Pittsburgh. He's unbuttoning his button down that he's wearing. If you haven't seen the video, just go to our Twitter and look at the one of the quote tweets of the video, or or you can find. I believe the reporter's name is Samantha Pellman yeah. or Sam Pellman. I can't remember if she shortened it or not, but and you can check out her video too. So she's got the whole periscope. He's unbuttoning his like white dress shirt it was that he's pretty wearing. anticlimactic it was because, <laughs> because like, it's it not too, like it took too long well number one it took too long number two it's not like he's picking between three schools so as soon as he starts unbuttoning you're like okay well you're going to pit like this is stupid <laughs> so basically what happened is he put the syracuse hat on for maybe like maybe one or two three seconds, seconds at he, most he cliff alexander did if people forget uh, if they don't know who cliff alexander is i'll explain the whole situation here so Cliff Alexander was a basketball recruit, number two prospect in the country, same class as Jaleel Okafor and I believe D'Angelo Russell as well. And he's picking between Kansas and Illinois. 
And keep in mind, you have to think of the state, and I think it's similar to this situation too, the state of Illinois basketball at the time. It is about a decade removed from a national championship appearance, and it's similar to Syracuse in that it used to be a pretty good program, but it's been down for a while. So Cliff Alexander, an in-state kid, and he's picking between two schools, Kansas and Illinois. He reaches for the Illinois hat, and puts it on for a second, and all of Illini Nation goes crazy. But then he puts it down and then takes the Kansas hat. And so that that's what's known as a Cliff Alexander. Well, this is a Cliff Alexander yeah. then. Because he put the Syracuse hat this on for maybe, worse. maybe like like you said, maybe three seconds. Because there's the conspiracy with the whole Cliff Alexander thing is that he just grabbed the wrong hat on accident. Yeah, but no, like Salahuddin, this was a plant. This was very planned out. And he's not the only one that did this today. No, there was a lot of guys that did it. And then he starts unbuttoning the dress, the the dress shirt that he's wearing, and it's just it's very obvious. Like there's no suspense to it. Like obviously he's not going to fake putting on the Syracuse hat, then unbutton the shirt, and then still have it be Syracuse. Like obviously he's picking Pittsburgh. And when I first saw it, I was rubbed the wrong way. I was like, you know, this kid is just kind of like trying to make it all about himself and. You know, he's it's not, his day. Exactly. That's the, I realized that like 15 <laughs> minutes after I realized I'm probably being a little irrationally angry. He's the number one recruit in Washington, D.C. He's the top guy around that area, and he kind of deserved to have his time. He deserved to be in the spotlight. It wasn't like he was by himself. He was signing with like four or five other guys, so he found a way to make it a little bit more about himself. And I'm still not completely pleased with the move. I would have liked it if he had been maybe I don't want to say more respectful, but would have done respect it in my a, decision. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation to have. Maybe been a little bit more like polite about it, I guess, and just been like, "Yeah, I'm choosing Pittsburgh." Do you know what would be so? Salahuddin's DMs are open. Oh boy! And I think this would make for a great segment of just angry DMs. It's kind of like a spinoff of the, of the was it, Kimmel that does the mean tweets? Yeah, the mean tweets. You could do angry DMs. And I think, like, I remember there was Tyler Lydon when he had his, or it was determined that he was done for the year in the NBA. It was a bunch of angry Syracuse. He, he tweeted about it, that a bunch of angry Syracuse fans were telling him, like, why didn't you stay an extra year? Like, this wouldn't have happened to you. And, like, getting that's pissed such at a, him. That's which such is the dumbest thing in the world. Stupid but, thing to say. Right. Like, it, it, Completely irrational on Orange Nation right there. But I think that what would be really funny is like to see some of these and just read them off. Because I think some of the tweet or some of the DMs He's that Sal Houdin's about to get right now. It is unbelievable. He's getting a lot of hate. And it's probably not even just coming from Syracuse. It's probably coming from like other people that are like, that was you were just trying to upstage those other kids that were there, blah, 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 blah. So like at first I was a little like, well, first of all, I'd like to see Sal Houdin play for Syracuse because he's very talented. He's right. a four-star running back. Second of all, I was rubbed the wrong way because he didn't pick Syracuse. And then I kind of like looked back and my decision was like, okay, like it's his day. Maybe he could have done it in a better way, but I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let I'm gonna give him a, give him a pass and say, you know what, Michael Sal Houdin, congratulations. Hope you do well at Pittsburgh. Hope you have a successful career. That's my final thought on this whole Salahuddin caper mishap crazy scenario. But, okay, so let's look at his whole decision-making process. Do you blame him for not coming to Syracuse? Because, I mean, we'll get into this a little later, but actually let's just skip right to it now because 
There is an absolute logjam at running back right now. Yeah, there is. So you've got two signees in this class as of now. Akeem Dixon and Jarvion Howard both signed with Syracuse today. Those are the only two running backs in the class right now. But Jawar Jordan is going to be told the fizz. His mom has told multiple outlets that he is going to be signing with Syracuse, 110% just, committed. Yeah. Just has some academic things to work out. So that makes three running backs in this class. Then you look at players that are already on the Syracuse roster. You've got Abdul Adams coming over from Oklahoma. He's going to have to sit out a year. He's going to have yeah. to sit out a year. But then you've got Dante Strickland's coming back for his senior year. Mo Neal is going to be a junior next year. And Markenzie Pierre is going to be a sophomore. That's four that is four running backs on roster right now, plus another three that are going to be coming in. So that's seven running backs you'll have on the roster by this time next season. That's a lot. Yeah, and there's only so many carries to go around, and this is a team that doesn't run the ball very much. So, so I just feel like there's just there like you said, there's not there's only so many carries to go around. And at some point these guys are gonna to have to consider Am I going to be successful here? Am Do I, I want to be a make, special teams guy? Am I going to be able to contribute? I don't know who that's going to be, If there, what ways it'll shake itself out, but there are certainly a lot of questions to be answered about the running back situation at Syracuse over the next couple of years. Let me spin this positively real quick. So I know a lot there of— There's certainly Sy- positives No, there, there are, yeah. And I know a lot of Syracuse fans may be a little upset with Dante Strickland's production. Granted, he was pretty good at the end of last he year, I thought. He was better at the end of the year, But yeah. if you look at it this way, too, there's no excuses for bad performances anymore. If you now don't, you filter yeah, if, in. if you don't live up to the billing that you've set, there's one guy right behind you and another guy and another guy, and you can go seven deep now. Seven legitimate running back options. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody's gonna have to redshirt out of this class. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because there just isn't enough. Room and you've got to have enough seven guys. You've got enough well, guys for special six. teams too. You'll have six on the. You'll have six on the active roster because Abdul right, Adams a- has Adams, to sit yeah. out because of mm-hmm. the transfer rule. But still, six guys is a lot of running backs. Like that's a lot of guys to even have sitting on your roster. Where maybe you need. Hey, we need an extra linebacker on the roster. Hey, we need an extra defensive back on the roster. Six running backs is a lot because m- most positions you have two guys on the field at any given time. You have two cor- uh, corner quarter. You have two cornerbacks. You have at least three linebackers. You've got three or four defensive linemen. You've got two safeties. You got multiple wide receivers. You've got multiple offensive linemen. But running back is the position where you you typically. I won't. I don't want to say nine times out of ten, but about 80 percent of the time, you have right. one running back on the field, especially and maybe a fullback. But offense. that's that's Chris Elmore. That's Chris Elmore. Yeah. That is his spot until he either makes too many mistakes where it's not his spot anymore, or until he graduates. So, no Salahuddin. I think he really would have changed how this season goes. I really do. There's I, just so many. I still love a lot of the options. The freshman on running this. backs last year were so good across yeah. the country. And we're talking about the guy who would have been the highest commit under Dino Babers, a top 150 guy that's higher than DeVito. That's, I mean, he was one of the premier backs in the nation, a, a USCD commit. And I'm just shocked. He the had, fact I think, like he, upwards of 50 offers. I'm shocked at the fact that he decommitted from USC and decided to go to Pitt. Pitt's by no stretch of the imagination a powerhouse. Right. So but, I don't know what Pat Narduzzi like offered him and like said, like, this is what's going to happen for you if you decide to come to Pitt. 
or what Clay Helton said at USC and said, well, maybe there's not as many carries here as we thought. You're going to maybe have to sit a couple of games or a couple of seasons and kind of like build up behind a, a legitimate starter. So I don't know what his thought process was, but like I said earlier, all the power to him. I wish him all the success. Obviously, you want to see a young kid like that go out, make a difference, possibly make it to the league. I mean, Pitt, obviously, much closer to home for him yeah. from the D.C. area instead of going all the way across the country. I mean, that that's one of the longest trips you can make right there. Yeah, and it's so, an, an interesting little that's a real factor for Syracuse these guys. connection that maybe could have worked in Salahuddin's mm-hmm. or in Syracuse's favor in getting Salah, Salahuddin is the fact that Ed Hendricks, one of the top recruits in this Syracuse class, the wide receiver, goes to H.D. Woodson High School in Washington, right. D.C., the same high school as Salahuddin. So when rumors started coming around that, you know, Salahuddin decommitted from USC and then reopened his uh, recruitment and said, yeah, you know, Pitt and SU are probably my two top choices. There was a lot of a lot of rumors floating around or a lot of a lot of steam behind Salahuddin coming to Syracuse. And then that I think we started to realize that he might not be coming to Syracuse once Jarvion Howard committed. Yeah, a I think of that weeks was ago. That was kind of a that was kind of a sign like, hey, Syracuse offered and got a commit from an, a commitment from another running back. Like maybe Salahuddin isn't so high on the orange as we thought. So I don't want to say the decision without looking at how the decision came about. This decision wasn't a surprise. The way in which he made the decision was the surprise of the day. For yeah, the, the thing that pissed you off the most from today. That's right. <laughs> Originally, I backed off a little yeah. bit. I backed off no, just I, a little bit. I saw once I saw Syracuse sign Jarvion Howard. That's when I counted them out, and I think that's you, what you you were yeah. so shocked when I originally put in the group chat that like. Salahuddin was coming to Syracuse. You're like, what? Yeah, I was like, beyond surprised because yeah, you've got then, Howard in this class, Akeem Dixon, Jawar Jordan's on the back burner too. You've already got like three or four guys. Granted, I think Salahuddin would have started as long as he could show that he could pick up the blocking schemes. Yeah, but it's th- he he would have been a great piece for Syracuse. But I just think that I don't know. It's a weird situation with Syracuse. Like you said, SU doesn't run the ball a ton. Running back, you're you know you go to you go to a Pittsburgh, where you're gonna have a quarterback turnover. Mm-hmm. You might have to have the running back get a little bit, uh, get a couple of more carries that you wouldn't have given him otherwise. And I think USC is gonna be the same. USC would have been in kind of a similar situation, but I think Salahuddin is gonna be the guy at Pitt. He might not have been the guy at uh, at USC, and that might have factored into his decision. How about all the the pit fans getting fired up at us at tw- on Twitter. I mean, like, I want to try to find some like, of these. It's so it's so dumb. Like, <laughs> like good. You got one guy. Like, I don't know. Like, we beat you this year. Oh man, like, there are some people uh, because Syracuse is gonna play Pitt. Yeah, and like <laughs> and, it worked. Like Salahuddin's like, gonna play thing. against Syracuse. And like I think people are still hung up on the seventy six whatever point performance, and they're like, yeah. "Oh well, Max Brown do- goes down with like a concussion or whatever injury ended his season at Syracuse." I don't know if they're upset about that. Like it's just, it's a ri- Like I, I want to say it's a rivalry, but like it's really not. It's it's a very weird situation. We got a lot of salt gifts. <laughs> Which is so stupid. Like we're, all we're we just said, telling them what happened. All like, we said was like, "Oh, a gut wrenching like blow to like Syracuse, like Orange Nation." Like it wasn't like we were like, "Oh my God, how could, how could Michael Salahuddin do this to Syracuse?" Like this is such a 
a crappy move on his part. Like, that's not what we were saying. And, like, Pitt fans, I think, were so fired up that they actually got a relevant recruit to come to Pitt that they were like, now we got to go and we got to go and be like, oh, yeah, we got Salahuddin and you didn't. So now we got to go at every single Syracuse publication that there possibly possibly is on the planet. Yeah, I love how— it's, like, it's just like Twitter. It's just Twitter it's Twitter, crap. yeah. Like, that's I, all it is. My favorite thing was how they're calling out Syracuse for, oh, your quarterback gets hurt every game. Well, we Syracuse has a four-star right behind him. <laughs> and Someone that, who's like, higher rated and like, is behind him. Syracuse was the one, like, the, ga- the Syracuse game was where Max Brown got hurt. Right. Like I don't, it, I don't it's see, like, I, I don't. I'm I'm sensing a disconnect. Like, would that, you be realizing. surprised this season? Say Dungey gets hurt or, or starts having a couple of bad games, and Babers says, "Okay, we got to go to the next man." Like, there's no other option at this point. And what if it, it's like an Alabama situation where where Tua? Tua comes in and little Tua Tommy, Tua Tommy, yeah. So or Tua Chance, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a hot take that some people on this Orange Fist staff might think is a possibility. There's a lot of uh, uh Josh Mc I think Drew wrote the piece and he said uh, he compared it to Josh McDaniels going to the Colts for a split oh, second. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great like it's very timely, very like mm-hmm. relevant and stuff. I think that's a great analogy to make. Certainly an odd situation from Salahuddin, and then that that gives way to the larger, I don't want to call it a problem, but the larger situation that Syracuse has with that logjam at running back. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, what Dino has in store for this running back situation next season and in the seasons coming, because it's not like these guys are, like, spread out. Like, there's, like, two in each class. It's, like, three in this class and, like, one in the senior class one in, and one in the junior class and then one in the sophomore class. And then Abdul Adams is technically going to be in the same class as he'll be in the same class as what Mo Neal or no he'll be in no. the same class as Markenzie Pierre. Correct. So you've got three in this incoming freshman class. Then you'll have two that are going to be technically sophomores, and then you'll have one and one. So Mo, is Mo Neal going to be like the starter his senior year? Probably not, because there's so many other options. Yeah. It's just it's a very interesting like running back situation to look at and it's going to be interesting to see like I said how Dino deals with that I think the most important thing that we're going to learn out of this now is that you have to prove that you're going to be that you have to be versatile otherwise you're going to see the field very sparingly and that's and why you can't fumble the ball either and that's why I don't understand why Dante Strickland played so much because he's so unversatile Mo Neal is so much more versatile than Dante Strickland is I'm, I think Markenzie Pierre, we saw limited game action from him, but based on what we saw from him in high school and based on the limited game action we saw him in, again, more versatile than Dante Strickland. I think that Strickland's role could seriously, seriously diminish this year considering the talent that Syracuse has coming in and the talent that's already on the roster. One more note I want to get to before we get into the guys that actually signed with Syracuse. We were talking about this a little before. Jacob Copeland. Uh, a wide yes. receiver. He's Very picking. This is an interesting story from signing day. Again, not a lot of drama today. Not a lot of flips and stuff like that. But way more the, flips in the early signing right, period. Yeah. Um. So so Jacob Copeland. He's uh, one of the top wide receivers in this class. Syracuse actually offered him, but he's picking between a, yeah, a bunch Syracuse of SEC didn't schools. Really have a chance. And he's sitting next to his mom. He's picking between Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. 
He's got all three hats lined up and his mom's sitting right next to him with an Alabama sweatshirt and a Tennessee winter hat on. And he picks Florida and his mom just storms <laughs> his out. His mom just gets up and walks out of the gym. And, and she someone, was having so I was none talking of the gators. With, I was talking with someone about it because I think he, he announced it on ESPN. Yeah, and, it was on some sort of national television. And thing. Um, someone was like, oh, his mom just probably had to go somewhere. She walked in front of the camera. Like, yeah, she knows. She, like she knows. Yeah, she, she just, wanted her as soon, moment. As soon as he said, yeah, I'm picking Florida, she was like, yeah, this is a good time. This, this is what I need. This is what I've I need really got to go to the bathroom right now. Like, I can't hold it. I've got to get up. She was, I will say, she came back and, like, came back and congratulated him. And, like, but clearly she was not super pleased at the fact that he picked Florida. Because I'm pretty sure that he originally yep. committed mm-hmm. to Florida decommitted, reopened his recruitment, got some more interest from a couple of more SEC schools, but then he still went with his first choice with Florida. And it's an interesting situation that Florida's in now. The fact, I think he probably decommitted once Jim McElwain got. Yeah. That's my thought process is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's probably when he's like, let's take a step back. But apparently he likes the new Florida coaching staff and still wants to be a Gator. So, all the power to Jacob Copeland, and again, wishing him the best in his collegiate career. Honestly, though, like, good for Jacob Copeland, because all these recruits, I, listen, your parents raise you and all that, but Torian this is your decision. Thompson? This is your decision, so good on him for doing what he wanted to do, and not what his parents wanted him to do. Yeah. I think parents can be, these, like, people forget, these kids are like 17, 18 years old, and they're making the biggest decision of their entire life that will dictate how their life goes for at least the next four years, if not longer. Yeah. So certainly a, a big-time decision and a lot of respect to Jacob Copeland. All right. You want to get into the guys who actually did sign? Yeah, that's probably good it. considering we haven't talked about them yet. So we, we've kind of touched on a couple. We'll we'll start with Jarvion Howard, running back, Mississippi. Again, Syracuse only got three guys today, and Jarvion Howard— one of the newest guys to sign with the Orange. He's from Mississippi, and I think that is the most intriguing part of this. Syracuse was really the only Northeast school, not really, the, Syracuse was the only Northeast school to offer this kid. And I mean, he had other looks from in-state at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. He had Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, La, Louisiana Lafayette, Memphis, but he's going with the Orange. He also got some looks from Alabama and LSU but didn't get an offer. This, I mean, this just kind of shows you two things, I think. Dino's not afraid to go anywhere to find a guy. I mean, we've seen him go to Canada, and and now he's going down south, and he's going to some of these obscure down south states like a Mississippi, like a Texas, going out to California, Arizona, the places that aren't typical for your Syracuse football player. But he's going down to Mississippi to get this guy, which I think is really big. And, And he's... Pulling them away from in-state powerhouses. Yeah, I think that Dino has shown that he is a master recruiter. I think, so one thing that Dino doesn't have at his advantage is this tradition and this winning tradition. Like, yeah, Syracuse is a powerhouse. Come here if you want to win. And that kind of prevents him from getting the five-star kind of guys that maybe in that program like Alabama or Georgia gets. But... I still think Dino has shown that he's a masterful recruiter. He is very talented at doing it. He, he's got, like, we talk about all these things that make Dino special. He's got a great football mind, X, Y, Z. But his charisma, his personality, 
That is what makes Dino so, so special. And that's what has endeared this Syracuse fan base to him. And that's what's endearing these recruits to him. And I think that's why he's being able to go pull a Jarvion Howard out of Mississippi or a Jawar Jordan out of Arizona. He's being able to go and pluck these guys from places where Syracuse wouldn't even have dreamt of going just a couple of years ago. So he has shown that he is a fantastic recruiter, and this program's only going to keep going up if he continues to do these kinds of things in the recruiting trail. I mean, he's selling these guys on a dream, on his vision. I mean, there have been very little results so far. The results you've got are a Clemson, mm, obviously. I mean, yeah, not the that Clemson the Clemson win is big. It's but. big, but you've got two ranked wins and two four and eight seasons. And, and no, that, that's still what you're zero selling. wins after the bye week, yeah. which is a whole other issue that I just can't get into yeah. until the bye week next season. But he's selling them on a dream right now on two seasons of winning percentages in the 30s. And yes, there's a couple marquee wins splashed in there, but this is a guy who hasn't done a lot at the Power 5 level yet, and he is somehow selling these guys on that. So, I mean, it seems like at this point Dino could sell sand to the beach. Yeah, I think you could sell ice to an Eskimo. We have any more uh, funny little selling jokes in there? No? We'll stop right there. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we'll, we'll go with the other running back in the class, Akeem Dixon, Florida guy. I mean, this was a guy who was committed to Syracuse, didn't sign on the early signing period, decided to wait it out, but he ends up signing with Syracuse. Don't think there's any surprises really here. Didn't have many other high-profile offers, uh, Bowling Green State, Buffalo, but uh, he had a Louisville in there and Purdue. But, I mean, was, I mean, we've seen Dino go down to Florida, have some pretty good success there. Yeah, there's been a lot of guys from this class from the state of Florida. You look at a guy like Anthony Queeley. Uh, the wide receiver, and you look at a guy Couple like IMG Cam guys, Jonas yeah. and, and things like that. So Florida, uh, and we saw it with Steve Ishmael. We saw it with that whole Miami connection that Dino, or that this not Dino, but this program has. There is a pipeline between Syracuse and Florida, and uh, Akeem Dixon is the next up in that pipeline. I like what he brings to this program. Um, I think that one thing that Syracuse is lacking is that downhill runner that can get you short yardage. Yeah. And I think Akeem Dixon is the answer for this program. I think you look at Marquensi Pierre, more of a speed back. He's pretty balanced. But he's also got some power in him, he's too. Pre- he's pretty balanced, but I'd say he he leans towards speed more than power. Mo Neal is a, is a speed back. Dante Strickland is, uh, I don't even know, a power back in sheep's clothing. Um, I think he's your best power threat right now, but Akeem Dixon automatically brings in that kind of powerful punch that you're missing from uh, this Syracuse running back core. So he's going to be a fun piece to watch over the next few years. I don't think maybe he's going to make an immediate impact, but I think moving along as he develops himself and gets comfortable in the system, he could certainly be a piece that gets used. And I don't want to say he's going to only be a special situation piece, but it's certainly somebody to keep your eye on moving forward for Syracuse. I think also Dino kind of saw how, they get into those fourth down and one or those on-the-goal-line situations where you need a touchdown and not three, and we're going to go for it on fourth and goal. So he wanted to go out and get his, his Marion Barber power type back that you can just put in at the goal line, and he's going to punch it in for you. Yes, yeah, Just get foot, that, get those couple yards. Six foot, 235, that's a big boy. Make no mistake, and he's only going to— He's probably going to uh, put on a lot of a lot of muscle mass when he gets here and gets into the Syracuse weight room and kind of gets going with the with the training program. So there's only there. I think Akeem Dixon is a maybe the most interesting recruit in this class that we know a lot about. There are some guys in here like 
the Carlos Veterellos and the Will Fermis of the world that we don't know a whole ton, a whole lot about. But we do know a decent amount about Akeem Dixon. Um, I think he's the most interesting non-mystery in this Syracuse recruiting class. Last one, Caleb Okachukwu. And this guy just picked the orange today. Just very random. Just didn't really see it coming. But interesting, he's the only defensive end in this class. Had some pretty good football offers, too. Just just kind of scrolling through his 24-7 page. You got Arkansas in there, Arizona. I mean, there's Tennessee. There's some good football offers in here. And you're getting looks from some really good programs as well, like a Georgia and, and a Cal. So... This guy kind of fills the need in the class. You always want to kind of cycle through those defensive ends because it's obviously a very injury-prone position. You've got some stability on the ends, especially with a guy like Kendall Coleman who can kind of show the ropes to these guys. You also had some nice transfers come in last year as well. So I think, yes, you need to start building with the freshmen in terms of pumping them in like like an Okachuku, but... This guy's a little bit better than people think. Yes, he's a three-star Under Armour All-American, too. So yeah. there's plenty of talent there. Big guy, 6'4", 240. Yeah, he's a super athletic guy. He's going to be able to come off the edge and get pressure on the quarterback, which is something I think Syracuse struggled with from the defensive line position this season. I think Paris Bennett got some good pressure. Zaire Franklin got some good pressure on some blitz packages. But I don't think that they got consistent pressure when they rushed four. And I think that's a big thing that could really – help out a Syracuse secondary that is down right now, is if you get pressure on the quarterback, it, the uh, a secondary, being a defensive back, becomes a whole lot easier. Yeah, and Okachuku is a guy who can seriously get after the quarterback. I mean, if you watch some of his tape, he, he's ferocious on on that front. And, and another Washington, D.C. guy, another right. interesting kind of thing. because There's saw, a lot of talent in that DMV area yeah, that Dino's that, exploiting. Yeah, I mean, he tried to get Salahuddin, was in his top two. He got Ed Hendricks. He's D.C. Hendricks is going to be the most notable name in this class. He's going to be very, very good. An explosive wide Not receiver. Not saying necessarily that he's the best, but he's going to be the most notable because you're going to see his name the most. Yeah, wide receiver. You, I mean, you see, you've see, you seen Ahmed Atawo and then Steve Ishmael the last two seasons. I think Ed Hendricks is the next name in that breath. Because he is uh, a genuinely like uber talented player. Yeah, he's like what is he like Not six not taking five? anything away from them from Ishmael and Atawa, right. but you, you got to think the system played into that a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think Steve Ishmael would have had the same numbers if he had been playing at like Pittsburgh as he would have as, as he would at Syracuse, but you know, it, it, when you bring talent into a program and that program and system is already fitted to give you good numbers, then that can only spell even better results. And I think that Ed Hendricks is going to be a huge piece. And then, but the the DMV area, the DMV area, as you mentioned, has become a kind of breeding ground in in some ways for this Syracuse football team. And it's important to also develop those pipelines, get those relationships with coaches. They want to feed you to these schools. So Syracuse certainly an optimal thing for that in terms of proximity and, and all that good stuff. Let's look at people who didn't sign today, who maybe Syracuse was or wasn't expecting. It's it's a short list. But we'll start with the big one. Tyrone Sampson, not only did he not sign with the Orange today, but he didn't sign with anybody. And his coach is telling people that Syracuse is out on Tyrone Sampson. Remember when he was supposed to early enroll? And now he's yeah. he, has he hasn't become, even signed on the second signing day. He has become one of the biggest mysteries in this, in this class. Uh, across the board, nationally, not just in terms of Syracuse. 
Um, he's got four. He's got like four Big Ten offers. He's got some SEC offers. He's got a Pac-12 offer. Like he's kind of drawing a lot of interest. Played in the uh, Army All-American game, Senior Bowl, or was it? I think it was Senior Bowl. Whatever it was, it's a high-profile showcase. That yeah, he got some. He got some good looks, and you know now he's starting to get some offers rolling in. He's got a lot on his on the plate right now. He's got a lot to consider. Um, and he just hasn't made that decision yet. I mean, he's got he's gotten he's been connected to UNC. He's been connected to Mississippi State. He's been connected to Indiana, Nebraska, Arizona State. Like there's there's just so many there's so many schools kind of coming after him. And for so long, he was a Syracuse guy. And it that, wasn't just that he was a Syracuse guy. Like he was a passionate big promoter Syracuse of the program. Guy. Like he was really all in on this program. And then he kind of. You know, he was. It was almost like he was sipping like Kool Aid, and then all of a sudden he got a sip of the 100% real fruit juice, and was like, "Ooh, <laughs> maybe I like this real stuff better." And you know, he started getting these offers from maybe more prominent programs. I think he also kind of wants to stay a little bit closer to home. Um, well, Arizona not, State and Nebraska don't fill that. <laughs> well, Nebraska's. I mean, he's from Michigan. It's a Midwest area. Like he's a big, Nebraska's far. Nebraska is sneaky far from everything. That's that's true, I guess. But like Big Ten offers, like Indiana, right. he's been connected to a lot. So maybe he wants to stay close to home. Maybe he wants to play in the Big Ten. Who knows? Like I said, Tyrone Sampson is a gigantic question mark in this in this uh, recruiting cycle. Like I said, not only for Syracuse but also nationally. Well, he won't be coming to Syracuse, so he's pretty much off the radar at this point. Other guy, Jawar Jordan, running back. I mean, this is a guy who's super talented. We were tweeting about his six, seven touchdown games that he used to have during his regular season out in Arizona. But he didn't sign academic issues, which we've kind of touched on already. But he still seems locked in and pretty committed to Syracuse. Yeah, Fakeem Dixon is the thunder in this running back class. Jawar Jordan is the lightning. His... Twitter handle is cuts on dimes. So if that tells you anything about this kid, he is agile, he is quick, he is very, very fast. He, whenever he gets around, I want to say gets around, but whenever he puts pen to paper, dots the I's, crosses the T's, he's going to be a special part of this Syracuse class. Anyways, so, all right, now we've kind of broken down everybody that we need to know about from today. Here's the effects of this. And Dino had his press conference today, and and the big takeaway was this thing about the quote-unquote break class. This is Dino's—he's got all of his guys in there, and guess what? It's now best man plays. Yeah. And— You haven't seen that. It's going to be tough for freshmen to crack the rotation because, like he said, there's just so much depth, and experience is probably going to weigh out because— at just, least on the offensive end, on the because offensive the system side, is so complicated. The, the experience is going to weigh out because if you have that experience, you are going to be more talented from it, and it's going to be tough for freshmen to kind of pick up all these nuances of college and then on top of that be better than someone who's been in the program for two, three years. Yeah, I think you're going to see it a lot on the offensive end that maybe a lot of these freshmen won't be seeing a terrible amount of time. I think defensively it's going to be interesting to see what happens because – you are losing Paris Bennett. You are losing Zaire Franklin. You are losing Devin M. Butler. You're you're losing all. You're losing Jordan Martin. Like you're losing all these guys on the defensive side of the football. So maybe maybe some guys that have been in the program will rise up. But I think there is more opportunity 
four freshmen playing time on the defensive side of the football this year than there is on the offensive side. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, just thinking about some of the freshmen as we look into the class as a whole, who could break in and make an impact, I think the name that sticks out to me the most is Ed Hendricks. Yeah, because you're losing, you're losing, uh, you're losing Steve Ishmael, and now who's going to move? And you're losing Irv Phillips for that matter. Right. So who's going to move into those? That's two what spots? 180, who's the next man up? 190 catches that right. you have to replace right there. And you've got a couple. You've got Sherrod Johnson. You've got mm. a couple of Nikeem Johnson too. You've got a couple of wide receivers that can make an impact um, for this Syracuse football team. So is Hendricks. Hendricks, I think, is probably one of the more talented wide receivers on the team. But like you said, it takes a little time to get used to this Syracuse offensive system. So it's going to be interesting to see where Ed Hendricks ends up. Uh, For me, my best bet to see a lot of playing time and make an impact, I think Trill Williams is going to be huge for this class and huge for this football team. Um, I think he's going to be able to come in and make an impact defensively. I also think he's going to be an outstanding special teams player for this Syracuse football team. Maybe we'll see him. I know Sean Riley right now is the kind of de facto return man specialist, but I think there are some opportunities for True Williams to get it on the, on, the, on the special team side as well. Two other quick little notes today. Uh, this is all coming from Dino Baber's press conference. Eric Dungy cleared for spring practice, so that's a good sign. He's going to go toe-to-toe with DeVito, and obviously Dungy going to come in as the starter, But and I wouldn't expect anything to change, but just a good sign to see that he's finally ready to go for the spring, and then... This is the other one that I thought was really interesting. So Syracuse names its offensive coordinator. It's official. It's Mike Lynch. He was the co-offensive coordinator with Sean Lewis. And interesting thing that you and I were talking about is why wasn't he getting the same type of credit and why was this this whole big ordeal? Because Lynch was kind of the right-hand man to Sean Lewis, apparently, and he— didn't work with the quarterbacks. He worked with the offensive line, so that's why Sean Lewis probably got a lot more of the credit. The hog mollies just aren't getting any credit, <laughs> as usual. Give yep. my big boys some credit. But Mike Lynch, he, he's been with Dino Babers through the offensive systems, the Bowling Greens. I mean, he knows the system. It just kind of seemed too obvious, I guess. Yeah, I don't think this transition his... will be that big of an issue for Syracuse. Yeah, not at all. Maybe Sean Lewis was like, calling plays or something like that like mm-hmm. maybe he was the play caller but he, Mike Lynch is comfortable with this system Mike Lynch is comfortable with Dino he's going to work well with him and I think that this offense won't really I thought there was a lot of talk that it was going to miss Sean Lewis a lot and obviously they're going to miss Sean Lewis in some ways he's an incredibly talented coach but now that we see Mike Lynch and how much he had a kind of had an impact on this Syracuse football team last year Maybe that worry of missing a beat won't be as high. Yeah, completely. Yeah, you're putting a guy who's been a huge part of the system in this in that spot. I mean, he he's been on Dino's side this entire time, so I don't think this offense is going to skip a beat. And I mean, as long as Dino Babers is in command, I didn't think there was going to be much of a drop off. No, I don't think. I think the 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 only thing, the only drop off you could see is would be a, a result of talent. As opposed to, and, and maybe comfort with the system. And I don't think there were, that Syracuse is really losing that much talent. I think they're gaining a lot of talent. I would disagree with you. I don't know. Ed Hendricks is super special. I think Markenzie Pierre is going to have a big season if he gets uh, gets some touches uh, at the running back position. you still got Ravion Pierce who kind of came on in the second half of the season and made an impact. You're losing, out, you're losing Steve Ishmael and you're losing 
uh, Irv Phillips. Phillips. So yeah, you're going to drop off a little bit. They still got they've still got the ringleader in Eric Dungy, and he's been cleared for spring practice, which is a huge thing uh, for the Syracuse football team after that sur- off-season surgery. So I don't think you're losing out on much talent because you still, like you said, uh, Sherrod Johnson, Nikeem Johnson, you lost an All-American though. But again, that, we I mean, talked the, about how uh, his numbers were inflated by the system. So yes, why, but why can't a remember, guy like Ed Hendricks or why can't a— Because he's a freshman. I mean, that's fine. Amba Adetawo had no experience with this that system fair, and then put yeah. up crazy numbers. But he has played college football. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, the, that's the learning curve right there. there might not seen be a lot a, of college football. Yeah, so there might not be a, an experienced wide receiver that maybe is ready to make that. But Devin C. Butler maybe? Mm-hmm. Is it finally Jamal Custis' mm-hmm. year? Jamal Custis? <laughs> I mean, he got hurt. He looked really good in that Connecticut, uh, uh, Southern Connecticut, or Central. Woo! So, Central Connecticut They played State them all, game. let's be honest. They played all the directional Connecticut. Um, but... He looked pretty good in that Central Connecticut Florida State, State game before he also he got had the, the touchdown against Florida State, right. too. So, you know, there are, there are spots for for these wide receivers to make an impact, so I'm not super worried about losing talent with this year this year's team. All right. Any last thoughts from signing day? I think it was a really good recruiting class for Syracuse. I'm proud of Dino Babers. I think this program is moving in the right direction. Would have loved to have Michael Salahuddin. Didn't quite get him. Was mad at first. Not so mad anymore. You know what I think? What the second signing day is stupid. Yeah, at this point, it's just, it's just, just have them all. At this point, it's just all. A, it's all a free for all. That's how they should do it. Like you, you, you commit, can sign you can anytime sign, you want. Yeah, doesn't matter. Go ahead and put pen to paper and yeah. fax it over. It's you get your December, the third Wednesday in December. That's your signing day, and then everything else after is gravy. Yeah, uh, I just this shouldn't be a holiday anymore. Well, it's, this the, is no, like the first one like, should be. But this, this is like Fismus. Eh, is this is not Fismus. It's Fismus ish. Not really. Well, maybe if Syracuse- there were three guys that signed today. Yeah, but I think in the higher higher profile program, you guys have, you have got more guys yeah. holding out. So uh, it, it was a weird thing. I think that give Good it attempt. like a, give it a year or two, and and this first Wednesday in this, in February is not going to be a thing anymore. It's not going to be a, like an important day anymore. Good attempt by the NCAA missed the mark. Yeah, per usual. Anyways, that's all the time we have here on the FizzCast. Alongside J.D. Rauchy, I'm Tyler Rocky. Be sure to follow us everywhere on social media, Orange Fizz, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can also find us on the iTunes Pod Center. You'll get all the latest FizzCast, Fizz Radio episodes, and more. We'll have some more signing day recap for you on Fizz Radio. That can be heard on Saturdays from 9 to 10 a.m. on the Score 1260 in Syracuse. So there'll be some more great stuff there as well as some basketball stuff. We'll get into all of it, but thanks for listening and enjoy your signing day.